Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. And by Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Inflation is going through the roof. Graham Ledger owns gold and silver, and you should consider it too. Go to bh-pm.com, bh-pm.com, or call 866-3-GOLD-25, 866-3-GOLD-25 for Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Thank you. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, congratulations. The government-induced COVID calamity nightmare is over. We have reached herd immunity. It's over, or is it? Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. I want to emphasize three important points to protect our children. First, we continue to vaccinate, we must continue to vaccinate all of those who are eligible to protect our younger children from disease. Communities with high vaccination coverage are seeing lower pediatric cases and hospitalizations. Second, wearing a mask in public indoor settings and continuing to practice the prevention strategies we know work are important to prevent further increases in cases and hospitalizations, especially for those children too young for the currently available vaccines. And third, with case rates in children high, it is important for schools to follow CDC guidance and ensure that all students, teachers, staff, and visitors to schools wear masks and that there are additional layers of protection in school. We know what we need to do to protect our children. Get vaccinated, wear masks, and follow CDC guidance. We must come together to ensure that our children, indeed our future, remain safe and healthy during this time. Stop the tape! This woman disgusts me. This woman reminds me of someone who would fit well in Nazi Germany. You will do what we say. 
you will shut up, you will line up, you will get the shot, you will wear the mask, you will have your papers, and you will not complain. Next. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen, if you had told me this is our society, this is the United States of America in 2021, eh, maybe we were having a conversation in 1990 or 1995 or the year 2000, even maybe after, right after 9-11, when we were living in some degree of fear, that if you 20 years later told me that a good chunk of American society was totally duped by a bunch of government officials at the federal level, state level, and local level, depending on where you live, duped into this massive case of fear over a virus that, yes, exists. Are you listening, YouTube? Are you listening, Facebook? I don't really care. The virus exists. Not saying it doesn't exist. But then again, dozens of viruses live around us all day long. And guess what? We're still here. We're not dead. Isn't that amazing? You know, God gave us an immunity system. And God also gave us choices. God gave us individual freedom and individual liberty and individual salvation. The Constitution doesn't give us individual liberty. The Constitution protects our individual liberty, which was given by God. God gives us free will. And among the free will is to take care of our bodies, our bodies that were given to us by God. Some of us take care of our bodies better than others. Some of us end up abusing our bodies. Some of us get fat. You know, people say, don't use the word fat. I'm sorry. Okay, you want to use the word obese? What's the difference? You're fat. Okay? You're way overweight. And you get a virus and you're more susceptible to having complications from that virus because you're fat. And most of the cases of Wuhan coronavirus where there are complications that end up being potentially life-threatening in some cases are because people are fat. Did you know that? Did you know that YouTube? Did you know that Facebook? Did you know that Twitter? That most of the complications from the Wuhan coronavirus, people end up in the hospitals because they're fat. And we know that the United States has an obesity problem. Does this woman come out and say that? Hey, lose weight? That you may want to lose weight in, in, an, in an attempt to combat the Wuhan coronavirus? Does she come out and say that, hey, people like Graham Ledger have a natural immunity or, or build up a natural immunity to combat this and other viruses by taking vitamin D3 and massive doses of vitamin C and selenium and zinc? Does she say that? Does Fauci ever go out there, or this nutcase, this Walensky, Rochelle Walensky, this good Nazi, does she ever come out and say, hey, if you've been exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus and you have natural antibodies, you're good to go? Have you ever heard these people say that? No. Why? You got to ask yourself, why? Why wouldn't the mouthpiece for the CDC say, hey, don't worry about getting the jab? if you've been exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus? Why? Is there a Pfizer answer? Maybe the most poignant news release or statement released by the 45th president of the United States. And this is one you're going to have to remember, guys, ladies and gentlemen. When President Trump said a couple weeks ago, he learned a lot of things as president about the CDC 
and in effect that he learned that the CDC is Pfizer and Pfizer is the CDC. Now that is disgusting. That is disgusting. And so you have this woman come out and say, I'm a mother and we got to protect our children. Oh, it's just, it reminds me of Hillary when she wrote the book, It Takes a Village. It takes a village to raise a child? No. It takes two parents, a man and a woman. Not a woman and a woman, not a man and a man, but a man and a woman. You can't create a child without a man and a woman. I'm sorry. That's just the way we are as, as human beings. It takes a family. It takes a mother and a child, not a birth person. It takes a mother and a husband to best raise a mother and a father to best raise a child. That's the way biology has it, but it's also the moral way and the, and the way that's been done for, what about, uh, well, 5,000 recorded years of human history, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 years of so-called mankind in some form or another. It takes a parent to raise a child or parents to raise a child. And, and this is why we're seeing these fantastic pieces of video out of the school board meetings, whether it's critical race or these Marxist professors that are being outed and agenda-driven professors that are being outed out of the classroom. So, and the masks and the vaccine mandates and all that. It's wonderful to see these parents finally get engaged and stand up. It's great. And it's what you know we try and do as activists in our own right. What I try and do in front of this camera, behind this microphone, but also as a parent, hell yeah. I mean, I, you know, my daughter's 25 years old, but I'm still act like she's, you know, in some cases, much to her chagrin, I act like she's 10. I'm always going to be her parent, right? So this woman comes on and says, you gotta, if you go to school, you got to wear a mask. Now, on the CDC website is a study that was published not too long ago that says wearing a mask uh, for children in school is basically useless, that there is no benefit from it. But there are other mask studies on the CDC website, one that I've pointed to many times now that was done in 2018 that says masks have no benefit in terms of mitigating the spread of a virus. Whether you're trying to stop the virus that you have or you're trying to stop yourself from contracting a virus from someone else, it does virtually nothing. And so here we have yet another study on the CDC website. I'll put this in the show notes if you want to dig it out and look at it. Everything I say on this program is based in fact. And I'm basing it on this again. But it's also common sense that you know the molecules of a virus are smaller than the pores of a mask. And so what does that mean, common sense? It means that masks do nothing. That if someone sneezes and there's a particle flying at you and you have a mask on, there's a chance that that molecule is going to get straight through that mask. Okay? And you see these people running around with masks on and they're adjusting the mask all the time. Where have their hands been? I don't know. What have their hands been doing? I don't know. And frankly, I don't want to know. But I do know this, that when I go to the grocery store and there's a checkout lady with a mask on, I do see her adjusting her mask all the time. And I know what she's touching. Whether they have gloves on or not is meaningless. They're touching all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff with bacteria on them, right? You handle the meat. You're buying a roast. She picks it up, scans it. What's on the exterior of that packaging? I don't know. 
but I know what's potentially on the exterior of that packaging. And then the, the checkout lady puts it in the, in the bag for you and then adjusts her mask. So whatever was on the exterior of that cellophane, and we know meat departments, they have all kinds of stuff brewing in there. Long ago, when I was in my 20s, I cleaned the meat department for work, for college. And by the way, that is the second most disgusting job there is. Uh, let me tell you, cleaning a meat department, oh, that opened my eyeballs to a lot of things. But there's bacteria all over the place. There are germs, all the pathogens, all over the place. And so these people wearing a mask for eight hours at the checkout stand are putting pathogens on that mask. Now, not to mention the fact that, of course, there is all kinds of CO2 problems, that you have CO2 problems in, in, in intaking uh, the oxygen that you need and, and you're being restricted from doing that. And there's studies time and time again. Wearing a mask working out is not a good idea. Well, duh. I mean, what do you think? Well, I use the, the old test, the grandmother test, right? What would your grandmother say if you wore a mask while you're running? I mean, it's just stupid. Yet, to this day, I'm sure you've seen them, just like the people driving in the car all by themselves with a mask on, they're out there. These geniuses are out there without doing their homework, apparently. It's very simple. Homework doesn't take a hell of a lot to do, and it doesn't take a hell of a lot of common sense. Yet here we are. So the CDC buries this report saying that masks don't work in school. Now we have the ACLU uh, out there with an, an incredible statement, an incredible statement regarding the vaccines. But first, I want to take you to Colorado. This is Douglas County, Colorado, which is just south of Denver, and proving once again that sometimes young people in this country have more brains than old people. Roll tape. Clearly, Tri-County Health's decision to once again require students to wear masks is not sitting well with Douglas County. And now students are getting involved, and Denver 7's Gary Broad heard what students at Thunder Ridge High School had to say. Douglas County Schools tells me they will follow the order recently issued by Tri-County Health Department that all students and staff from preschool up to 12th grade wear masks indoors. Students over here at Thunder Ridge High School hope they reconsider. It was a morning of protests for a few schools in Douglas County, USA! calling for an end to the mask mandate. No some of the loudest voices were heard at Thunder Ridge High School. These people agree with me. They hate masks, and I do too. Students walked out of class around 9.30 Wednesday morning demanding an end to masks in class. No masks! Because I believe that masks, they've been going for almost two years now. This is going to be the third year of my high school career that's compromised. I want a normal high school career. If you are scared, you can stay home. Thunder Ridge High School students were joined by Ranchview Middle School students and their parents. There's enough parents, there's enough data, there's enough scientific data to show otherwise that this is just not a necessary option that they have to take. And there's enough um, students that also feel the same way. Around the same time, students at Legend High School took to the streets as kids on the back of pickup trucks held anti-mask signs. The Douglas County School District tells us they continue to balance the challenges of the ongoing COVID pandemic saying that we will work with our families and staff members who cannot tolerate a mask due to medical or mental health reasons. Our goal is to keep our students and staff in the classroom for in-person learning. Stop tape, stop tape. So here we have another school district 
basically forcing these children to wear a muzzle, or as some people like to say, a face diaper during school. This is outrageous. I hope that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, the historians look back at this moment in time in the United States and say, what in the hell were they thinking? You know, kind of like when we interned the Japanese during World War II, the Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent in this country. What the hell were they thinking? Same thing. To me, this is the same thing. This is a violation of the basic liberties of being an American. It's also a violation of common sense. And so was the internment of Americans of Japanese descent. Same thing. It's a violation of their liberties. It's a violation of common sense, you morons. Those people were just as American as my ancestors were back then, during World War II. And those kids in school are just as American and just as free and with born with natural USA-made liberty as any other American. Why should they be forced to muzzle? And, you know... One of the things, the reason why I was so anti-masking from the very beginning was, number one, I did my homework that they don't work. But number two, to me, more importantly, they are an abridgment of our liberty. Being forced to wear a mask, number one, is an abridgment of your liberty 100%. And number two, wearing a face covering is an act of submission. Why do you think that Islam has face coverings? Hmm? Respect? No, it's submission. Now, you could argue whether it's submission to Allah or submission to men or submission is submission. They know way back then when wearing a face covering diminishes who you are as a human being. And I don't want any part of it. And when I see a loved one or a friend wearing a mask, I say, take that damn thing off. Live your life. You people, ACLU, let me touch on this real quick. The ACLU is twisting itself into a pretzel. Yeah, typical, right? The ACLU used to stand for liberties. Now the ACLU has this twisted statement out there that government mandates for the so-called Wuhan coronavirus vaccines are a protection of liberty. I mean, it's... it's you have to really be warped at the ACLU to come up with this one. That it somehow protects the weak and the meager in our society. Completely ignoring the big picture. That any kind of government mandate like this is a violation of your liberties. So the ACLU once again proves that it's completely off, completely off the rails. Meantime, in Florida, we have the opposite, by the way. Just a kind of a side note. You God love uh, Governor DeSantis and, and the Republican leadership, the conservative leadership in Florida, that if you demand some sort of vaccine proof, a, a vaccine passport at a restaurant or something like that, you will be fined potentially $5,000. <laughs> God bless them, right? It's the opposite of California, where they are on a fast track to, by the beginning of next year, I will predict, there will be a law in place that everyone in California must have a vaccine because they're on that track. And Governor Newsom's not going to be recalled. I'm sorry. I'm on the record on that. I'm, I want him to be recalled. Trust me. I want him to be recalled, but he's not going to be recalled. So back to this 
dilemma that we're in as a society. And that's what this is. This is a bigger fight than Iwo Jima. And I'm not trying to diminish anything that took place in World War II and our heroes that gave their lives on Iwo Jima, one of the biggest battles in the Pacific, one of the bloodiest battles of the Pacific, one of the most important battles of the Pacific. We're in a war, ladies and gentlemen. This effort to get people man, uh, vaccinated, so-called, in, in this country, the mandates for vaccination, is a war against your liberty. Now, I want you people who have had the vaccine, so-called, and the people who have not had the vaccine to listen to me together as a group. Because one of the things that they, the government, the Marxist Democrats, want you to do is create a, a battle within conservatives who have had the so-called vaccine and those who haven't. We can't let that happen, okay? You made a decision, those of you who made a conscious decision to get the vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus, you made a decision, okay? It's a regrettable decision, in my opinion, and we'll talk about that with um, Dr. Christine Northrup, who's going to be on the program in just a couple of minutes. By the way, I want to remind you, this program is brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to my website, GrahamLedger.com, ReliefFactor.com, forward slash ledger. Also brought to you by MyPillow, and also brought to you by Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Please just go to my website, right on the splash page, right on the homepage there, and you can click on the, the slider that moves on whatever panel you want to take you. Uh, right to those various uh, websites. Please support the people who support me because uh, that's what keeps this program going and we want to support them because they support me, right? It's a synergistic yin-yang kind of relationship. The battle we're facing is government trying to mandate anything, okay? You people who had the so-called vaccine, the shot, you made a conscious decision. Maybe you want to go right on a cruise, okay? I understand, but we have to stick together on this because they're trying to separate us. They're trying to have conservative who have been so-called vaccinated and conservative who haven't been vaccinated clash and depart. We got to stick together. In times like these, we have to stick together. Okay, so this is a war. It's a battle bigger than Iwo Jima. I say that because it's an internal war. And it's government against us, we the people, whether you have gotten the jab or not. It is government against us. And you have to say no to the mandates. Okay? Whether they are a so-called vaccine mandate, mask mandate, whatever the mandate is. Okay? You have to say no in a unified voice. And I know there's going to be a bias running through your veins because those of you who have had the jab and you don't want to look like a fool and you don't want to look like you made a mistake, but you did, okay? Listen, I hope I'm wrong and I hope that, you know, especially older folks, if you're over the age of 70, I know why you got the jab because you say, what the hell? You know, if there's some long-term side effects, I'm not even going to be around here to, to see them. So if you, if you survive the initial week or so after the jab, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you're going to be fine for the rest of your life. Great. Wonderful. It's the young people, okay? It's the people facing sterilization as a side effect. It's the people facing Crohn's disease as a side effect. It's the people facing uh, Kawasaki disease as a side effect. It's the people facing autoimmune deficiencies as a side effect. It's the people dying. 
within the first week of getting the jab or second week of getting the jab or inflamed hearts. Those are the people I want you to think about because you made a conscious, calculated decision, that's fine. But for government to mandate anything, look at it this way. What is the difference between government mandating that you get a jab, whether it is, no matter what it is, I don't care, it could be polio. And then you tell me, well, in order to go to school in some states, you got to have a polio vaccine. Fine. Then homeschool or, or go to private school or get an exemption, whatever. Okay. So I know there are some mandates out there, TB, yet we still have TB in this country. And we know why that's the case. But the bottom line is we're still a free people, so-called, and we still have liberty and we still have choices. And so what is the difference? Ask yourself, what is the difference between a government mandating a jab in your arm and government mandating a tattoo on your arm saying that you've had the vaccine or not? They have a tattoo on your arm with a V, so you're, you're good to go. What's the difference? What is the difference? It is government invading your body. There is no difference between a government mandate of a jab of any kind in order for you to exercise your liberty to go to the grocery store, to sit down at a restaurant, and government mandating a tattoo of a V on your arm. This is what you got to remember. And one last thing. According to the CDC, now remember, think back to this Walensky charlatan. I was thinking of another word, but I'll go with that one. Think back to her soundbite. The CDC on the website right now estimates that 83% of the population of this country, 16 and older, is now somehow protected is the word they use. You could use the word inoculated in some cases. Uh, you could use the word immune. But we'll go with protected. So 83% of the population of the United States is now protected from the Wuhan coronavirus. How is that possible? Well, it's a combination of the jab. So they're including the people who got the jab, the mRNA, DNA altering spike proteins that are now milling through the bodies of, I think, 170 million is the last I heard, about half the population of the United States. So how do they get 83% if only half has had the jab? Well, this thing called natural uh, immunity, natural exposure to the Wuhan coronavirus, people who have the antibodies in their system. So when they combine those with the jab, the 170 million plus what? Uh, another 100 and something million people who have natural antibodies, they're coming up with 83% of the population. I don't know what 83% of 330 million is, but I'm, I'm rounding these numbers off, okay? Someone run those numbers for me. 83% of the U.S. population, 16 and older, so it's less than 330 million. Say it's 300 million. Uh, all right, so anyway. You get the point. 83% now has some sort of, quote, protection from the Wuhan coronavirus. So we have won, ladies and gentlemen. Mankind, the United States, Americans have triumphed 
in this war. So ditch the mask, ditch the vaccines, it's over. The government response to the Wuhan coronavirus, the so-called pandemic, that's the worst pandemic in the history of mankind, with a 99% survival rate, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. This is the modern version of VE Day or VJ Day. It's over. There should be parades in the street. 83% natural and jabbed herd immunity. We have reached herd immunity, ladies and gentlemen, in this country. It is time to celebrate. It is time to get rid of these mask mandates. It is time to get rid of these vaccine so-called mandates. It is time to celebrate. The United States has reached herd immunity at 83% protected from the Wuhan coronavirus. Joining me now, board certified OBGYN, Dr. Christine Northert. Doctor, congratulations. This is VC Day. You know what that stands for? Just like they had VE Day, Victory in Europe, VJ Day, Victory in Japan. This is, victory over, this is victory over COVID. On the CDC website right now, they're saying that 83% of the U.S. population age 16 and older now has some sort of immunity. They call it protection against the Wuhan coronavirus, whether it's the so-called vaccines or natural immunity. So, so here we are. We have herd immunity now. Congratulations. <laughs> We've probably had that for a long time. Uh, but it's interesting to me that anyone would recommend a shot. It's not a vaccine, by the way, it's gene manipulation, but that anyone would recommend that when it's so easy to get antibodies to whatever this thing is, you know, COVID. And, and the, 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 the refrain that I'm hearing from doctors, and I want to make a departure here for a moment. Yep. Would you, I, I remind people, you know, when I have these conversations with people say, I believe in the science. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have many departures with where that conversation goes, of course, yes. but I, I want to remind people that doctors are human too. Doctors are political too. And that's a, an important thing to remember when you, you know, we get these random ER physicians every once in a while on social media or, ra or random ER nurses or whatever. Remember, they may have an agenda too. Am I wrong? No, you're so right. When I wrote one of my New York Times bestsellers, I said, if you understood that 25 different OBGYNs in Portland, Maine, all treated menopause hormone replacement completely differently, you would understand there is no gold standard. You're right. Okay. So it's, it's important that people do their homework is what I tell people. And that's what I've done since the beginning of this government-led attack, ostensibly for a, a pandemic that's the worst pandemic in the history of mankind with a 99% survival rate. The, the key here is to do your homework, right? And there's so much now, you know, it's not 40 years ago, pre-internet. There's so much information out there, good information. Yeah, but you're going to have to use a different search engine than Google. You got to use DuckDuckGo or Brave, and you have to get off the mainstream media uh, websites like this program. And once you do, you find you are the news. We are the news. It's not CNN. It's not the New York Times. It's not the Washington Post. They all appear to be captured agencies, just like the CDC, which by the way, is a vaccine company. It is not a federal agency. I believe that it has at least 50 vaccine patents and they get money from that. So they're in business to keep everybody in that narrative. And we want to, I want to talk about that in a moment, but first, 
Um, the, when it comes to the Wuhan coronavirus, since I have you here, um, the refrain I'm hearing from doctors who have a brain, who are willing to use their brain and not use a political agenda, um, say repeatedly now, early intervention with the Wuhan coronavirus, if, if you feel like you're coming down with it, is, is crucial here and is, is effective um, somewhere over in the order of more than 90%, maybe 95, you know, getting near 100% with early intervention with common both uh, homeopathic drugs and drugs that are available on the market. Is that correct? It's so correct that last March I used to um, post the Zelenko protocol, vitamin D, quercetin, vitamin C, maybe HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, recently more ivermectin. We've had early, very effective treatments from the beginning that have been soundly censored. And in my medical literature, Medscape, the, the common things they're saying, oh, the US government is against this. These are dangerous. Are you kidding me? This stuff has been used safely off-label for 60 years. Which is, brings us back to the CDC and, and where you were going. You know, Vice yeah. uh, President uh, Trump, uh, the 45th president, issued a statement that really is ringing in my brain ever since he issued it, and he, that he learned a lot about the CDC. And he was, you know, he was hinting that it wasn't good. He didn't say exactly what it was. But in the end, in the statement, he said that the CDC is Pfizer and Pfizer is the CDC. So it goes to the point that, that you're making. And so when you see this Dr. Walensky come out there, whether you know you, you want to listen to Fauci or not, but Walensky is the head of the CDC. And she comes out and says, we need to protect our children by getting them forced vaccination, because that's what this is, coerced vaccination, and or wear a mask at school. What goes through, my blood boils when I see that. What, what goes through your mind? I wouldn't have my kid in a school that did that. I don't understand how anyone is sending their kids to a school with a mask on all day. One of my colleagues, Dr. Larry Pilevsky is a renowned pediatrician on Long Island. And uh, he gives you the whole thing about what masks do to children. They're dangerous. This is a crime against humanity. So how, how are we, how are we as a society allowing this to happen? For example, if you're in Los Angeles County, you know, there's a mask mandate there. So obviously it's dangerous for children. It's dangerous for adults as well. And I've chronicled this over and over and over again. If, if you kind of uh, either remove your doctor hat and put your American hat on or wear both hats, how, as, how is it as a society we are at this point where you have an entire county of 10 million people mandating masks and then you have these various schools, these various uh, counties within uh, even red states that are mandating masks how, how did we get here? Uh, we got here by programming. We got here by the mainstream media controlling the narrative. Just like, remember way back, I don't think I was alive then, but doctors were recommending smoking. It soothes your throat. Tobacco is healthy for you. It's the same deal. And uh, if you know that 70 to 80% of mainstream media advertising dollars come from big pharma, that's how we got here. Ask your doctor, check with your doctor. Everybody's been programmed from the time of well baby checks. What most people don't know, the CDC recommended vaccine schedule now for all children is 
72 different shots by the age of 18, 72. That schedule tripled in 1986 when Congress gave Big Pharma carte blanche, no liability whatsoever with what they were injecting into children. From that time, uh, autism went from about one in 2000, it's now one in 32, one in 32 kids, but they insist that this has nothing to do with the toxins that are being injected into the body. Now, I also know there's glyphosate, there's all kinds of other things. Basically, our environment has been poisoned by you know big chemical, big ag, and so on. But 72 different injections. Now, that isn't even counting Gardasil and flu, and it's not counting COVID. And it's important to remember that a lot of the vaccines, the, the, the ones that we're familiar with, polio yeah. uh, or TB, rubella, um, these had been tested for many, many years before they were uh, given the green light to be used. I don't know about the all of the 72, but I'm just giving these an example versus the so-called vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus, which has been, as we all know, fast-tracked. And we don't know the long-term ramifications. We do know the short-term so far, according to the, the VARS, VARS system, uh, that it's more than 13,000 dead from these so-called vaccines. And last I checked, it's around 14,000 with life-threatening uh, uh, consequences, side effects. And we also know that the FDA came out with a slide deck in October of 2020 that listed about 110 different potential side effects, including sterilization. But the interesting thing, when I was looking at the numbers, doctor, on the VAERS reporting system, of these 14,000 uh, life-threatening occurrences from the, the jab, um, almost 50% were on the younger side, in other words, under the age of 60. So this is, this is uh, scary to me because among the consequences that they pointed out in the FDA slide in 2020 is sterilization. And what does yeah. that bode for the future? Uh, that bodes a, an entire generation or maybe two who cannot reproduce. We know that the shot contains what's called SM-102. This is a toxin. I believe it contains luciferase and it is picked up by the ovaries 64 times more than any other tissue. Same with the testicles. We have anecdotal reports from fertility clinics that the men who've had the jab no longer have motile sperm and the women's eggs do not divide and become embryos. So I'm incredibly concerned. We, uh, our group, Millions Against Medical Mandates, did a study called My Cycle Story, where we collected, I believe, at least 5,000 case studies of women who were having menstrual irregularities. The miscarriage rate went up dramatically. In fact, even the New England Journal of Medicine published an article. They didn't say this, but if you read the data, uh, you have an 80% chance of a miscarriage if you get this shot in the first 20 weeks of pregnancy. Why would anyone inject their body with toxins during pregnancy? And yet the CDC is telling pregnant women, and remember this is my field, OBGYN, they're telling them this is perfectly safe. They're doing the same, by the way, with the flu and DPT. Everyone's getting that in the second trimester of pregnancy now for reasons that escaped me. And in the in the end, when we back it up to the CDC again, do you view this as uh, just one giant effort and um, one giant, I hate to use the word conspiracy, but it involves many facets of government and outside of government, many, many elements here 
this is one giant effort for the Pfizer's of the world to, to make a hell of a lot of money at the expense of the American people, but also politically is a wedge issue um, and is trying to separate those of us who have been vaccinated and those of us who have not been vaccinated for political purposes. And that this is a very crucial moment in time in American history where those of us who care about liberty, whether you've had the jab or whether you've not had the jab, no matter where you stand on the issue, those of us who care about liberty and the Constitution and freedom of choice need to stick together. Absolutely. Uh, one of our uh, Governor LePage, former Governor LePage here in Maine, has had the jab. And he said, I, and he's running again uh, in next season. And he said, I support the liberty of every person to choose. This is the most crucial issue, bodily autonomy. You get to choose what gets injected into your body or that of your children. Anything else is tyranny and it directly goes against the Nuremberg Code. How do you think this ends, doctor? I mean, honestly, I've, I've thought about this long and hard for, uh, you know, about a year and a half or so. Um, do, do the large majority of the American people wake up that this has been a, a government farce the entire time, a government-led farce, a political farce, or do we now have a new generation of, of, of or multiple generations of minions? Well, because the, the shot has killed or maimed so many people. And by the way, my, uh, my colleague, Tom Rents has a lawsuit in Alabama. We have a CDC whistleblower who gave us data that 45,000 people have died within the first three weeks after having that shot. So I believe that we are coming to a great bifurcation where there will be a split. There will be those people who believe in freedom and liberty and come together, whether you've had the shot or not. And then there are others who, in my opinion, are just going to enter a world that's kind of like the matrix. It almost feels like we're going to have two different levels. But what we're doing in my state and many other, many other patriots are doing, we're creating parallel systems. We need parallel systems of food, restaurants, that yep. kind of thing. Yep, we do. Just like we need a parallel system, and they're being developed slowly among social media. You know, I've been canceled deleted out of YouTube now twice, two channels. Gone. I'm in Facebook jail constantly for whatever reason. Like, for example, I could never post what we're talking about here with the virus reporting system. They don't want you to know about the virus reporting system. I just go on there as a as an individual. It's a government paid for website. And we know that virus reporting system has a one percent compliance. So when I look at 14 or 13,000 dead, well, I went to a state university doctor, but I can actually do the numbers of what the real number uh, is if there's a actually the doctors involved in this, the frontline doctors and so on, and Dr. Peter McCullough, who is above reproach, we believe that the death toll is more like 500,000. Yeah. So if people want more information about what you do and how you do it, I know you uh, have many things on your website and, and many facets to yourself beyond uh, just OBGYN. If people want to see more about your work, where should they go? drnorthrup.com. I also have a large uh, Telegram channel because I too lost a couple Instagram channels and I'm this far away from losing the Facebook if I say anything. So I just use it as a way to get people over to Telegram. How many followers do you have on Telegram last you checked? 45,000. 45,000. That's good. Yeah, it's I'm gonna decent. To, I'm going to have to have a conversation with you about that off uh, the air about how you get more followers because I'm, I'm lacking on that. But I use Telegram all the time for information. So, doctor, thank you. Keep up the good work and we'll be in touch. 
Thank you. Why is it so important to stand up against government tyranny in this case? And that's what it is in these mandates at various levels, whether it's federal, state or local mandates for masks or mandates for the so-called vaccine. Why is it so important? It's very simple. And you probably figured it out on your own. And that is today it's the mask. And this is what I was saying early on in, in March and April of 2020. I kept saying today it's a mask and today it's the Wuhan coronavirus. Tomorrow it's what? Well, we know what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is today and that is the vaccine. So they've gone from mandating masks to mandating vaccines. And so what's tomorrow? What's the next level here? Well, I've predicted, I think it's pretty obvious to me, certainly in places, you watch places like California, it's all about global warming, so-called, or climate change. Climate change, just like the Wuhan coronavirus, is this invisible foe that will never go away. And so in the name of climate change, you know the number one polling, according to polling among Marxist Democrat voters, the number one issue is climate change? Are you out of your mind? You're sitting there in San Francisco and they're pooping on the street and they're robbing these convenience stores blind as long as it's $950 or less and the police will do nothing about it? You have, meantime, you have properties that are skyrocketing and a city like San Francisco is becoming the haves and the have-nots with really nothing in between because you can't afford there to live there. No one can afford to live in San Francisco. And you're telling me climate change is the problem with crime going through the roof in California? Mismanagement of forests? Why Tahoe is on fire because the forests have been mismanaged and there are dangerous levels in the reservoirs where there's basically no water in Lake Mead, which, by the way, powers the Hoover Dam. What happens if the, if the water drops to a level where Hoover Dam dries and the hydroelectric power goes away? Hmm? They're, they're nearing that point in California. And is climate change? No. There's supposed to be more reservoirs built in California. There's supposed to be better water conservation going on in California, but the politicians aren't allowing it to happen. Instead, they care about the smelt or these little snails or these little fish that exist in the Delta, and they release all this fresh water into the Delta, which then eventually ends up in San Francisco Bay and in the uh, Pacific Ocean. They're more concerned about that than they are about human beings. But that's the way they think. And so we need to fight this battle. We need to stick together and fight this battle. Because as I said, today, it's the vaccines. Yesterday, it was the mass. Tomorrow, it's going to be your life. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I am right.